If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. I always told myself the day that I am not excited to get on an airplane is the day that I need to, to rethink this, you know? And I remember like, you know, looking at the, the airplane doors, going into the airplane and just thinking like, man, like, am I really about to fly to Austin right now? Like, I don't want to do this. After over 10 years full-time as a lifestyle photographer, I've discovered eight things that every photographer should do to build and grow a strong photography business. If you would like to strengthen your business in 2021 and learn more about the eight things that have helped me build a solid photo biz, head to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things to get your copy of the eight things that I've done over the last 10 years to build a successful lifestyle photography business. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a place for photographers who want to earn money with photography and live a better life. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since going full-time in 2010, photography has brought me more freedom, income, and opportunities than I ever imagined. It's been so positive for me that I want to show you everything I know. You'll learn more than just businessy things, though, including my favorite ways to be mindful and happier on this journey. You're tuned into the Photo Business Help Podcast. My name is Natalie Jennings. This is part two of my interview with Adam Taylor. If you missed part one, please go back and check that out. You'll get some more context and you'll get to hear the rest of the interview. Adam shoots interior spaces and residential homes. He also has a course called License Your Photos. This is a fascinating area that you're going to want to learn a little bit about. And he talks about it in this part of the interview. So this is part two. Head on over and listen to part one if you missed it. And without further ado, let's dig in. Welcome, Adam. This is part two of a two-part interview. If you missed the first episode, I highly recommend that you go back and check the first part of Adam's story out. But Adam, do you want to tell people a little bit about what you do? And, and then we'll jump back into our conversation about kind of getting burnt out. Yep. I am an interior and architecture photographer. I work with interior designers, uh, product companies, custom home builders and architects. And I just moved to the island of Oahu, Hawaii two months ago. Brilliant. And we've already covered how exciting that is to me. But <laughs> um, you had said in the in part one at the end, just how you kind of got burnt out by just being so entrenched in the industry and, and sort of attitudes and things like that. What other challenges have you sort of come up against in terms of your photo journey to, from amateur to professionals? You were really lucky to land, like you said, your dream job. And and I'm sure you worked very hard for that as well, not just straight up luck. But is there anything that you really um, struggled with along the way? Yeah, good question. Um, and it's funny, like amateur professional is a weird jump for me because I, I did, you know, become professional right out of college, essentially, you know. Sure. But, you know, making that switch, um, deciding to leave an industry that was all I ever knew, you know, ever since I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do was ride bikes, think about bikes and then work in the bike industry. And so to leave that was definitely a big challenge. And essentially, it was more of a mental challenge of, 
am I going to leave behind something that A, is so personal to me and B, is the only source of income that I know? Yeah. Uh, and so that was the challenge. Um, but like I said, luckily, I found other passions. And, and that first switch was from action sports to the fitness industry, more specifically like CrossFit. Was the fitness industry where you were doing all of your travel or was that still photo related? So traveling for BMX, but then also traveling for the fitness stuff because a lot of the competitions were you know, outside of my area. Um, it had slowed down a little bit by that point, but there was still definitely some travel involved. Very cool. I can see how if it's something that's always been a part of your life, you're sort of like, now what? What? Maybe talk a little bit about how you got through that challenge and kind of landed back into the business again where you are. Yeah, it was uh, a process, to be honest with you. It was kind of like an identity crisis type of situation where, sure. you know, like I said, I was leaving behind everything that I knew. But, you know, there, there is a big community aspect to, to what I was doing, um, you know, with CrossFit and you know, other photographers did, did the same thing. And so being that there was other people out there that did what I did and kind of shared the same passions, um, that really helped the transition. Because, you know, once you kind of have those friends and have that community in place, then you don't feel like there's kind of that, that hole left in you. And I essentially kind of worked my way out of that industry relatively quick, like within a few years, partly because I didn't want to get burnt out again, like I did with BMX. I didn't want to take another hobby of mine, turn it into a job and then be left with no hobbies again. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, that was part of the reason. The other part was that the industry was relatively young and, and not very lucrative and very competitive in the space. Um, There's a lot of photographers that did what I did that had full-time jobs to supplement their income and this was just their hobby. And so made it difficult for me to make a living, you know, specifically doing that type of photo work. Yeah, I'm interested in digging into that idea. I've obviously thought about it a lot since I started my journey. But where is that line? Or where was that line for you where you were like, I love this? I'm so into it. Oh, God, I hate it. It's my job. And do you have any feedback for anyone listening that might, you know, be super into photography, you know, but is on the cusp of maybe getting burnt out? You know, I just got goosebumps when you're saying that because it's it's a very distinct memory. You know, the whole time I was working for the magazine, for example, and, and after I left the magazine and continued to do freelance work in that industry, I always told myself the day that I am not excited to get on an airplane is the day that I need to, to rethink this, you know? And I remember like, you know, looking at the, the airplane doors, going into the airplane and just thinking like, man, like, am I really about to fly to Austin right now? Like, I don't want to do this. Mm. And uh, it was like... Mm. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty like tough pill to swallow of like, wow, I hit that moment, like that moment that I kept telling myself when this day comes, like it's time to give it up. And, you know, uh, it was like the last X Games that I shot. It, you know, I was based in the LA area. It was in Austin, Texas. And I was making a trip down there. And I was just like, man, I, I'm not excited to be here. And, and part of what helped me get there, honestly, was that I had already started to make the transition a little bit. I, I was actually starting up a CrossFit blog as kind of, you know, sure. um, a, a different side business. Mm -hmm. And my business partner lived in Austin. And I was like, well, at least I get to go do work with him and, and you know, be with him and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, a very distinct moment for sure. That's really powerful. And I think what's interesting um, for anyone listening is just to really, for me too, just to pay attention to what you do love about it. You know, photographers have all sorts of different business models and backgrounds and stuff that they shoot. But just getting to that point, I remember it for myself with weddings. I've shot about 250 weddings. And it was just one day like, I don't really love this anymore, you know, and, and it, it was also for me pretty, pretty clear, I can remember the wedding. And I still take a handful of them because doing five instead of 30 is a totally different thing. And, and I do like storytelling. But I think there's no 
reason to not reassess your business or your business model if you're not excited by it anymore. I think that that's a healthy thing. I think like evolution in business or in what we do is is totally healthy. So I think being having the awareness that you did like, oh, I'm not going to do this or I don't want to do this. I, I don't know how many people do that. I think that's that's a lot, a lot to do when it's been your life. Yeah. And you know, the other part of that was um, because it is such a personal thing, like to be able to shoot photos of professional athletes, putting their life on the line, you really have to be friends with these guys. And it's not just like you show up and clock in and clock out. Like you're hanging out with them at the skate parks and at the dirt jumps and at the competitions. And it got to the point where it was like, I don't want to be hanging out at the skate park. I don't want to be sitting around on steps all day while these guys are, are doing their thing. Like these are not the people I want to hang out with anymore. Uh, and that was a big part of it as well, which again was like, you know, the, the mental thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think for me, on a personal note, I was going through, this is probably very related to not wanting to shoot weddings, but I was going through a divorce. And that was like, one of the bizarre sort of like, things about my job where I had to be at these beautiful events. And I think that whatever it is that kind of personally triggers you, it's, it's important to pay attention to that, too. It's yeah. really, really good advice. So let's talk a little bit like about where you're headed and what you're doing now and like what some of your current goals are and um, and then we can take it from there. Yeah. So like I said, right now I'm working with interior designers and architects and custom home builders. And it's super exciting for me because uh, you know even though I've been doing this specifically for several years now and I've gotten to a pretty good place in my career, because I'm goal-oriented and because I kind of come from that action sports background where you're always progressing and trying to learn the next trick, for example, Mm -hmm. what's exciting to me is that there's so much more to learn. And every time I get behind the camera, every time I walk into a new home or commercial space, every time I sit down to edit in Photoshop, I feel like I'm learning and progressing. And so that's super exciting to me. Um, And then the other part of that is essentially being able to find other revenue streams from my work. Throughout the years, I've kind of become pretty good at um, being able to license my photos to other companies. Um, so in the BMX world, it was, you know, I'm shooting at photos of X Games for the magazine I worked for. And then after the fact, I'm licensing them to Red Bull to use in their social media campaigns or their posters. Or, you know, the bike rider sponsor uh, wants to put an ad in the magazine to say, congrats on the gold medal. And so, you know, I started licensing my photos there. And I've kind of transferred that over into this space that I'm shooting now where, you know, an interior designer hires me to shoot a kitchen. And now I can go license those same photos to the cabinet company and the faucet makers. And so that's a pretty exciting kind of like avenue that I'm taking. And I've taken like all those practices that I've been using to sell my own photos. And now I'm working with other photographers to help sell their photos, um, almost like a little licensing agency. Um, and then kind of through that, I've also made a course on how to teach other people how to you know sell their photos in the ways that I've learned how to. Wonderful. And we're obviously, we have all the links in the show notes to that course, but I'm curious for people that aren't familiar with licensing, can you sort of just elevator pitch, kind of tell people what the difference is between like stock imagery and, you know, straight up licensing your own photo to someone? Yeah, yeah. So essentially like when you as a photographer take an image, you own the copyright to that image. And if a client hires you to shoot that photo, most of the time you still own that copyright uh, and they are only paying to license the image. They're not buying the image from you per se. They're buying a license to use that image. So just like you buy a license to use Adobe Photoshop and you're not allowed to give it to your friends, your client is not allowed to give you know that photo to, to their friends or other companies they work with. And so that's kind of the basis of licensing. And you know from there, it goes on to you know registering your photos with the copyright office to protect them. And then, you know, like I said, being able to identify 
who can find value in your photos and how can you get in touch with them to show them the photos you have. And so the big difference between say a stock agency and being proactive about selling your photos is just that you're being proactive. So a stock agency, mm-hmm. you know, your photos are in a sea of thousands of other similar images. Somebody has to come and find yours amongst all those thousands. Then they're going to pay, you know, pennies on the dollar uh, for that image. Whereas what I'm doing and what I teach people to do is, like I said, identify who could potentially find value from your photo, go to them and present it directly to them with a fair price. And then that way you can get a little bit more money and you're being proactive instead of waiting for them to find your photo. That's right. That's a great approach. And is have you found that there are any genres that are harder to present than others? I know we have a lot of lifestyle photographers listening to the show and other other styles, of course. But is is that a thing? Well, you know, my experience is just that. It's my experience. So I've got experience in the action sports industry and in fitness, uh, a little bit of kind of like travel stuff where, I, you know, I once had a blog and uh, through that blog and, and SEO a company picked up a photo of mine of like downtown Long Beach and they licensed it to put on the big on the side of a bus like it was like a big motor coach that they wrapped with this picture cool and then obviously like I said the interiors and architecture space now so my experience is relatively limited however what I advocate for and kind of what I teach my course is what I call a licensing mindset which I think can translate to any type of photography that you do and essentially this mindset is a way to look at the work you're doing and always have in the back of your mind hey, who can find value in this type of imagery? So, you know, if you're shooting a wedding, for example, of course the bride and groom get those photos, but, you know, maybe the dressmaker, maybe the ring company, maybe the venue, maybe the flower people, maybe the, you know, coordinator, anybody else that is involved with these photos might have value in it. And those are kind of people directly involved with it. But then you take a step back and it's like, okay, well, now there's like a bigger wedding industry that wasn't directly related to that particular wedding, but other people that need wedding imagery. Like, okay, identify who those are and, you know, can they find value in it? And that's just, again, one example That's right. that might relate to some of your audience. But again, once you kind of develop what I call the licensing mindset, you start to really see all these opportunities all around you where previously you just might not have seen these opportunities before. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's a really good perspective to share with the audience because certainly something I've dappled in, but I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that are like, light bulb. So... I encourage if this is if that's you and you're feeling like this resonates, you know, check out Adam's course. And again, that's linked in the show notes. Before we wrap up, do you have like a favorite piece of advice you've received on your journey? I mean, we all sometimes fall back on these things that motivate us or have changed our lives. But is there anything that resonates with you? Uh, Good question. The first (laughs) thing that comes to mind is if you do the homework, the test is easy. Ah, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I, I did an interview. Actually, I used to do a podcast back in the day and, uh, you know, interviewed a lot of action sports guys and um, Dave Mira, who's one of, you know, the, the most famous BMX riders of all time. Sadly, mm-hmm. he took his own life a couple of years ago, but I had the chance to interview him on the podcast. And I asked him about, uh, you know, when he's, you know, on deck and his run's about to come up and it's like, you know, the gold medal's on the line and he only has 60 seconds to put down all his best tricks to either win or lose. You know, how does he keep his calm? And he just very casually said, you know what, man, if you do the homework, the test is easy. And uh, I think about that quite a bit. So, you know, put that, put that into your life however you can. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Before we sign off, where is the best place for people to find you on the internets? Yeah, find me at adamtaylorphotos.com or on Instagram at adamtaylorphotos. And uh, I'm very accessible. My email's on my website. Uh, my phone number's there. If you guys ever want to reach out, I'm available. Uh, and of course, uh, the course that I have is called Learn to License Your Photos, and you can find that at licenseyourphotos.com. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much, Adam. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. I hope you enjoyed that interview. One more thing I want to remind you, if you have a story to share about your photo journey, I would love to hear from you. I love building this community. I love the feedback I've gotten from other photographers listening to other photographers and feeling like they're learning something on their own journey. You can email me, natalie at photobizhelp.com and let me know that you want to be on the show. After over 10 years full-time as a lifestyle photographer, I've discovered eight things that every photographer should do to build and grow a strong photography business. If you would like to strengthen your business in 2021 and learn more about the eight things that have helped me build a solid photo biz, head to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things to get your copy of the eight things that I've done over the last 10 years to build a successful lifestyle photography business. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. I'm back every Tuesday and Thursday with more episodes. Until then, remember in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.